Virginia. William Hill, America's number one sports book, is now here. And we have a special 2021 offer to help you bet on all your favorite sports risk-free. Download the William Hill Sportsbook app, and when you sign up, you can get started with a risk-free bet of up to $2,021. Use promo code RADIORF. Terms and conditions apply. 21 plus only. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat our confidential and toll-free helpline at 1-888-532-3500. Let's make it interesting with William Hill Sportsbook. Live from Southern California, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time for a new episode of Kings of the Podcast. Buckle up, here we go! Episode 16.1, Kings of the Podcast. DB, I know you love the uh, decimals. We do love the decimals. And I told you, fans, we had something in store for you. So we're back uh, back to back, Jay. Let's we go. Haven't, we ha- this is all new for us. We haven't done back to back before. But nope. today, we have a special guest as well. We do. He, he comes to us from the uh, the annals of LA Kings history. This is Rob Stauber. Your favorite goaltender in franchise If you history. don't know the story of Rob Stauber, I mean, this guy's phenomenal. He was the first goaltender in history to win the Hobie Baker Award. He was drafted by the Kings. He played for the LA Kings. And uh, as hopefully we'll get into with him, uh, in 92-93, the Kings would not have made it to the Stanley Cup final without the heroics mm-hmm. of Rob Stauber. And uh, through the years on Mayor's Manor, I've had interviews yes. with Kelly Rudy about this, with Barry Melrose about this, with Luke Robitaille, Rob Blake. Many players will tell you, without Rob Stauber, Stauber, they would have never made it to the famous Toronto series because it was Stauber who got them out of round one against Calgary right. when Kelly Rudy was struggling so much. And Stauber also has the best masks in LA Kings yes, history. Love those masks. Jeremy. I'll tell anybody. If you don't believe me, just tweet me about it and I'll reply and I'll show you. Rob Stauber, the best masks in LA Kings <laughs> history. So we'll get to his number 35 with numerology. But uh, DB, before we do the numerology, let's talk about the road trip the Kings yep. are coming off of. A very successful road trip. They go 3-1-2. and two. They win games against Anaheim, Detroit, and Boston. Uh, they lost in the shootout or overtime to Pittsburgh and the Blue Jackets. And their only regulation loss came at the very Saturday, end of the road yep. trip against the Buffalo Sabres, the surging Buffalo Sabres. Yep. Um, a very successful road trip. Just in time for the Kings to make their big playoff push. The playoff push, yeah, exactly, <laughs> as we mentioned in episode 16. Look, you sign every time for eight points, three, one, and two, with this team, the way they've been playing on the road this season. I, I think the, the, the turnaround, whatever happens in the season, John, like you see the, the demonstrative turnaround on this road trip. Like mm-hmm. To go in, in Boston and you, know, you pull the goalie, Matt Roy scores a goal, Kopitar wins it in overtime. I mean, to me, this team is they haven't arrived yet, but they've certainly turned their season where this is a, you know, John, you look at all the losses here, like all those three games, like they could have won all three games. A little more luck in Buffalo, they probably win that game. They're not overmatched anymore, John. Mm-hmm. You know, now they'll get a major test against St. Louis on, on Monday night, but I, I certainly think that the system that Todd's put in is working, right? The, the games, the two of the three games they lost, they didn't have enough offense, which is what we'll be seeing all, all, all season. I mean, 
You got to be able to fix the special teams at some point. Maybe that's not until next season when you have better players. But I just think that the way this team has played, they never quit on a game. You have to fight them to win games. And all the teams that beat them will know they were in a contest. So this is not a situation where they go out with some, you know, defeated mentality. But when they step on the ice, they think they have a legitimate chance to win games every night. So I think it's a, a very impressive team that is trying to, again, reforge the, the identity. I think the culture of this team you know, is it's on its way back at this point in time. So I just think that um, – and then the bonus at the end is you, know, you, get to, you get to see a little bit more glimpse of the future with Kale Clegg making mm-hmm. his debut in Buffalo. So I think it was a, a very productive and nice road trip. And like I said, you got to sign for eight points every time with this team. I think the thing that was most exciting for you, though, was Adrian Kempe. I mean, he carried the team yes. throughout the road Three trip. Goal, Three-game goal-scoring streak. Are you kidding me? The winger. The wing. The winger. He's on a wing. Adrian Kempe. And Lizotte now got 10 assists on the season. I mean – Nice little line, right? We're going to need... <laughs> nice little line. We're going nice to need to get building. Jim Fox nice. back on, though, because yeah. Jim Fox is confused. His nickname is The Lizard. Yeah. It, it is not... Uh, what does he call him? Sneaker? Skeeter. Or Skeeter. Skeeter. Yeah, no, it doesn't work for no. me. No, that's not an appropriate not nickname. I don't even Skeeter. like that. What is a Skeeter? I don't know. I don't know. No, it's The Lizard. Let's Come go. on. You don't. Need, he already had a good nickname. You don't have to give him another one. So we're going to need to that get... That was you. a contrived nickname by Fox Sports West. Okay, well, someone Good needs job. to email them at nicknames at foxsportswest.com or is it .net? I don't know, but somebody over there on the digital content side, get a hold of uh, Jim Fox. <laughs> Let's text him when we get done recording today, DB, yeah. and see if he'll come on next week and we need to talk to Foxy. Say, Look, I know everybody wants you on, Foxy, to talk about the Kings and the players and the road trip, but we want to talk to you about nicknames, nicknames because exactly. Skeeter, is that what it is? Yeah. Skeeter does not work for me. It's lizard. You could have given Jim Fox, who's known as Foxy Skeeter. Okay. It's random. Maybe that's where Foxy came up with it. Maybe someone tried to call him Skeeter back in the day and it didn't <laughs> stick. And so he's been, it's that's in his it. back pocket. He's been waiting yeah. to use it all these years. Yeah. I don't when know. When this goes live, we're, both our phones are going to be blowing up. <laughs> well, thank you, Jimmy, for listening. We appreciate it. Um, exactly. Look, you know what? Lost in that road trip, though, DB, I yeah. do want to give them credit for the win in Anaheim. They stunk the joint they, up yeah. in their first visit yeah. uh, the week, week or 10 it's days prior. Game. It was just both teams. Oh, was, and that's why you didn't even want to go back for the second no, one you were I so could, bored no. with the first one i tapped out john yeah okay but <laughs> it was a it was, I tapped. It, it was a great performance in that opening game of this road trip and they won that game the right. game they needed to win so good on them that set the tone put everybody in a positive mindset right, exactly with all that chat around their terrible rower i think they were yes two, two ten and one yes in. so i think that the mindset even though it's a quasi road game right they are playing another arena, but there are a bunch of Kings fans going there. But I think that was a very important point at the point in time to start the road trip with a win, regardless of who the competition was and the fact that it's a, you know, not entirely um, unfriendly building. I think that gave them leverage and a platform to win some more games there on that road trip. I mean, you got to beat Detroit. Mm-hmm. I just think go back to the Boston game, and they were competitive throughout that game. Yes, they, Boston knew they were in a game, and so and then Boston has been playing great lately. But that was a really really nice win for them. But I agree with you. I think the Adam when you look back on this. Season, Season, that's one of the points you're going to look at and say, okay, when did this turn for them? And mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. It, it seemed as inconsequential as the win may seem because they're playing a team that's at that level. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think it was a very important win. Well, and there's a player that was uh, key in that game, and that was a player that we talked about on the last episode, and that is Jonathan Quick. Kyle Clifford and several of the Kings, Drew Doughty, and several of them told yeah. me after the game that Jonathan Quick was phenomenal in that game. And that confidence that Quickie gave them heading out onto the road trip, I think builds on the point you were making there about going into the road trip with the right mindset and knowing that they could be competitive and knowing that, that 32 was back being 32 again goes a long way towards pumping everybody yeah. up. And, and you know, what they missed in the first month of the season when they had that minus 20 goal differential were big saves and big spots. Yes. And now they're starting to get him, even Jack Campbell. So, But Jonathan, he's healthy now. 
he's back on his game. And as we mentioned in the last episode, is he a trade target? We'll see what happens and maybe not at the trade deadline, but maybe the draft table in June and we'll see. But I, I, I agree with you. When you have confidence in the guy back there, you can take more risks Right, you can go up the ice a little bit more aggressively, and I think that's what's happened with respect to the defense playing better and Jonathan Quick uh, going back to you know what we thought of him a couple of seasons ago. All right, so let's do some numerology before we bring uh, bring Rob Stauber in here and, and talk uh, L.A. Kings goaltending. So, in the history of the L.A. Kings DB, there have been a small handful of guys that have worn number thirty-five, and there's a theme here. You have Darren Elliott, Glenn Healy, Rob Stauber, Stefan Fazay, enforcer from Saskatchewan. Hey guys, it's great to be. <laughs> Technical difficulty, or you no, want to start, I, do numerology I, I, over again? No, you can keep going. Keep going. Okay, keep going. We'll edit that. Uh, so, in the history of the LA Kings, there have been a small handful of players, DB, that have worn number thirty-five, and there's a theme among them. So, you have Darren Elliott, Glenn Healy, Rob Stauber, Artel Blomston, Stefan Fassay, Yes, I'm going to get to it. Okay, Stefan Fassay, Cristobal Hewitt, Jason LaBarbera, and Darcy Kemper. Uh, now Aussie of the Arizona, yes. Arizona Coyotes, who Rob Blake was able to flip at the trade deadline previously. Uh, Jason LaBarbera, who um, has one of the worst masks in history. He, <laughs> he he's, didn't, wasn't it LaBarbera that had CM Punk on his mask and it looked nothing like CM Punk? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was LaBarbera. I could be wrong about that. But he had a Metallica mask as well, so that mm-hmm. balances out. Okay. Cristobal Huey, uh, who was here for a brief time. Stefan Fassay, who has... A decent mask, but not the best mask in LA Kings history. That belongs to the player who wore it from 1990 to 1995, drafted by the Kings, Rob Stauber. Of course, Glenn Healy uh, prior to that. Oh, Heels, man, that's we could do a whole show just talking about him. But the name that you meant that, that uh, you reacted to, Arto Blomston, he played apparently for LA from 1995 to 96. DB, I had to go back and look this up because he wasn't like, a goaltender either. Right? And he's, he's the one guy on the team that was not a goalie. And, like, that's my sweet spot right there, the 95 to 96 Kings, right? You know? Right. And I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> so, I, I, don't, I don't even remember the name. Really? And so, I go back and I look it up. He's a 12th round draft pick by the <laughs> Winnipeg Jets. That, in and of itself, is amazing. I want to track him down and get him on the show. That's an accomplishment in and of itself. To a make the 12th lead. round draft pick. That wow. is crazy. There's not even 12 rounds of the draft anymore. No, it's seven. <laughs> 12th, uh, 12. It's not, close. It's not like he was eight. He <laughs> no, was 12. No, 12. A 12th round draft pick. Right. He played, I think, a total of six games. He played four games one year and two games the other year. He was a Finnish defenseman. So he is, yes, he is the only goaltender on this list of 35s that uh, is is not a not a goaltender. So somehow, uh, Healy, Stauber, Fassay, Huey, LaBarbera, and uh, Darcy Kemper, you'll have to let him into the club if they ever have one. Yeah, and I'm in the club. The 35 club. There you go. The 35 and over or 35 and under club. All right, there you go. So we'll have to look for that at Staples Center. We're doing the, you know, they're doing a big remodel for the 20th anniversary of yes, Staples Center. Yes. They're changing up the clubs and doing some different stuff oh, really? and adding the adding some new kid-friendly things on some of the concourses. So we'll have to look out for Club 35. And see <laughs> club, 30, club 35. It's a very exclusive club. Are they uncovering the Taylor Swift banner? What are you doing? Don't that? bring that up on the okay. show. That's, that's, that's not a thing, dude. That's not a thing. Whoever whoever thinks that's a thing, just call me. Cause we know who thinks it's a thing. It's not a thing, dude. It's not a thing. It's just, <laughs> God. 
What, what's next? You're gonna ask me about Kovalchuk? Like that's not a yeah. thing either. Don't ask me about that. I don't want to talk about that. Embargo. I'm embargo. It, it is. Yes, it but is. We, we drew you out. You said you were gonna embargo after Boomer, and we drew you out I, on the hot stuff. I'm so mad at you. For those of you that don't know what Dennis is referencing, I went on Twitter earlier in the week and said that uh, right before I did Mayor's Minutes with Boomer on NHL Network Radio, I said this is my final time. I'm answering Kovalchuk <laughs> questions. This is it. This is this is the this is it. And so I went on. I talked Kovalchuk. It was done. It was buried. And then Dennis was kind enough to invite me to co-host um, on NHL Network Radio uh, over the weekend. And, you know, we're chatting right along. Everything's going great. Dave Panyota was on as well. And next thing you know, they want to bring this up Kovalchuk. This is the last minute <laughs> what of are you play doing? the period. But you had a great answer. You said, I'm bored with it. I've I'm been bored. bored with it since... Since April. Yes. <laughs> Since the hiring of Todd McClellan. That's when it hit me. That's when it hit me at that press conference. Like nine questions about Ilya Kovalchuk. Todd McClellan was just hired as the coach of the LA Kings. There's so much to talk about, right? With Jeff Carter, with Jonathan Quick, with Andre Kopitar, with Drew Doughty. I mean, there's so much to talk about. Nine questions on Ilya Kovalchuk? <laughs> Give me a break. I'm bored. I was bored then. I'm bored now. So no more Ilya Kovalchuk talk. No, no more Taylor Swift talk. You're going to have to start your own podcast. You can do that. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> I can't do the solo. Man. Okay. I have my head examined. Kings of the Taylor Swift podcast. That'll be your... <laughs> That's great. It's not a thing, people. Stop tweeting about it. Stop talking about it. It's not a thing. <laughs> Enough of this. We have a, a great guest to get to, DB. Yeah. Um, Rob Stauber, one of the all-time, uh, you know, mythical characters, I yes. think, in, in LA Kings lore. And let's get Rob Stauber in here for the second period. Fans, we'll be right back after the break. Welcome back to the second period, and this week our special guest, Rob Stauber. Your favorite Kings goalie of all time. I have to admit, DB, yes. Rob Stauber is my all-time <laughs> favorite LA Kings goaltender. He's been on Mayor's Manor before. We've talked to him a number of times, um, and you're going to get to know him. So, uh, Rob, welcome to the program. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, always enjoy talking hockey. Well, look, uh, Rob, you were drafted back in 1986, and you've done a bunch of stuff since then. I mean, you have a, a great body of work uh, at the University of Minnesota and Team USA and all the stuff that you've done, your playing days. Um, we'll get into some of that first, but right off the hop, it was recently announced that you're going to be the, uh, honorary, one of the honorary uh, captains for the AHL All-Star Game, which is coming here to Southern California. Just give us a little bit of a, a backstory there. How did it come to happen? You know, what were you thinking when they contacted you? And you know, what does all this mean? What, what does the honorary captain do? What will you be doing at the 2020 All-Star Game here in about 30 days? Well, that's a good question. I was uh, sitting in uh, Duluth, Minnesota, um, sitting at breakfast with my parents and my phone rang. I didn't recognize the number. Um, and you know how we all are. Sometimes you don't recognize the number. You go, ah, I'm not quite sure. But for some reason, I, for some reason, I decided to take a call. And it was Dave Andrews. And I had to kind of get up and go outside to what's going to do inside that restaurant. And he just asked me, you know, if I was uh, be interested in being the uh, honorary captain, one of them. And um, I can tell you, I didn't hesitate. It's one of the things that... Um, you know, came to my mind right away was Jim Craig was one of uh, the honorary captains when I played in the All-Star game. I played in his twice. I don't recall, honestly, which year it was that Jim Craig was the captain, but I do recall uh, just how important that time was being, uh, you know, fortunate enough uh, to make an All-Star team on the American Hockey League level. And um, what an honor it was to 
be a part of that. I've done maybe a great job. I've been the hockey does a great job. And obviously, it's such a huge system to the National Hockey League. And, you know, um, like I was telling you, as I just briefly said, but hockey's been really good to me and, and just the opportunity to give back. You know, as far as, um, as, far as I recall, what, what um, we'll do is, is, you know, hopefully just kind of be a face to uh, the American Hockey League and, um, uh, you know, we'll learn more about what our detail is. But probably more than anything, just stay out of the way. Well, I will not be satisfied unless they put you in the skill, uh, skills competition the night before because I want to see some classic blue line. And if that doesn't happen, then as far as I'm concerned, it was a big fail on the AHL's part. <laughs> yeah, well, I, 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 I can understand maybe uh, I heard you say that you enjoyed my days when I was in L.A. because I didn't spend a lot of time in the Bulls group. I, I didn't have a, a bad habit of wandering, but um, <laughs> I love the game. And, uh, I enjoy playing and um, I'm sure more than once I made a fan nervous. So. Well, fans better enjoy it uh, and appreciate it because without you, the Kings would not have made it to the 93 Stanley Cup final. We're going to get to that, but I want to just wrap up on this AHL stuff first. Um, let's transition into sort of some of your playing time. I, I did mention it's a little known story. I think that it's lost, uh, unfortunately, in, in, in the story of the Kings making it to the 93 Cup final against Montreal because, of course, Gretz went off against Toronto and it's one of the better seven-game series in NHL history. But if you go back a couple of rounds before that, they would have never made it out of the first and second round had it not been for your play. And I've even, I've, I've mentioned this to you before that Kelly Rudy acknowledges as such when I've talked with them. Without you, the Kings wouldn't have made it that far in the playoffs. So just talk about what was going on in the goaltending crease at that time, maybe your relationship with Rudy and what Melrose was, was trying to do and uh, how you had to help them uh, get, get past uh, Calgary. Well, it's memorable. Um, I can, uh, you know, that was heck of a long time ago, but I honestly can remember it like yesterday uh, to be frank, and um, I think for everybody that time was memorable. But for me, on a, on a personal note, the last two or three weeks of that, uh, of the regular season, uh, I was putting, you know, good playing time, and, and uh, felt like I was playing very well, and uh, you know, Kelly's obviously, a, uh, it, you know, has been a great goalie, was a great goalie, and you know, it was going to be, you know, obviously both of us want to help our team, you know, and uh, I wanted to start the playoffs as much as Kelly, I'm sure, and I wanted to do everything I could to, to help our team win. And, you know, leading up uh, at the last two or three weeks of the season, I had been playing really well, and I kind of felt like I got a chance to, uh, you know, maybe get my foot in the door and, and at least give, uh, you know, Barry something to think about. So, um, leading up to the last game of the season, very fun. We got killed by Vancouver. I am, you know, I, I'm the first to get, and I'm not shy to admit, but I played terrible in the last game of the season. Like, I think if I recall correctly, we might have got these six three. I played, you know, uh, like I said, I, I didn't play well. Uh, on the other hand, I still thought that uh, leading up to that last game, that that Barry Mason. They don't have something to think about as far as you know, who's going to start in game one. And you know, at that point, there's nothing to do. That game is over, and and you know, we're going up to Calgary, and, and we got to win. And, and um, uh, at that time, Barry, one of the very you know really good qualities was his uh, you know ability to kind of motivate the team. He's high on motivation and high on the 
know, the mental aspect of the game, I think, is one of the things that I think Barry was really kind of a, uh, ahead of his time when it came to those types of things. And, and um, which I believe in on a personal level, I believe in all the mental preparation and those types of things that are going to be sharp. And Barry, uh, you know, we went up to Calgary and, and uh, you know, we had a team meeting like we always do the night before a game, and uh, Barry would announce the, the lineup. Um, you know, and starting lineup and then the starting goalie and whatnot. And, and at that time, Gary made a choice to um, uh, sit me out of the uh, first couple of games. So not only was I not starting, but I wasn't progressing. And, you know, uh, I was serious. That's all I could say I was serious. And um, uh, you know, the first two games I didn't dress, and the, uh, the third game I didn't dress. Uh, and then it was the fourth game at home that it's very, um, you know, uh, I, I guess at the end of the day I went from uh, not dressing to starting in what I thought at that moment in time was our most important game of the season. Uh, we had to win that game. Um, otherwise, we're going up to Calgary down three games to one. And, um, you know, that's not easy. So it was a critical game, and, and um you know, we, we found a way to win at home through the one. It was a, a nail biter. And uh, we went on to, you know, win a couple up, uh, you know, a couple more in Calgary, and we ended up winning that series. So uh, it was memorable. Uh, it was quite a, as I'll remember, it was quite a run. And, uh, you know, as you just mentioned, that, uh, you know, Wayne said that uh, game seven up in Toronto was uh, one of the best games of his life, you know, coming up huge for us. So that entire series, the way that whole thing played out for Calgary, the Vancouver, the Toronto, um, it was really, it was, you know, the stars aligned for Kings, and obviously we all know we came up just a bit short. Yeah, when you when you think back now uh, or ahead, actually to to 2012 and 2014, I've talked to so many former LA Kings players who were on that '93 team. Who, even though they weren't part of the team or part of the organization in 2012, to see the Kings win the cup, it it, it felt like closure to them. Just because '93 was a wound uh, for so long for so many of the players on that team. Did you experience any of that? Were you watching at all, or did you have an interest in in the Kings winning in 2012? Oh, uh, and what did it feel like to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm uh, too much of a romantic, but uh, I was drafted by the Kings. I liked the Kings. I loved playing there. I was like, you know, uh, it was such a unique time with hockey really, uh, you know, in the growth stage in, in, you know, the early 90s and with Brett's getting traded there and, uh, you know, the late 80s. And, you know, it was just really a special time. So, so you know, in my heart, uh, you know, it was the first team I played with. It was who I was drafted by. So to see them win was awesome. You know, it was really awesome. Uh, you know, uh, you'll always have a soft spot in my heart for the opportunities that I had in National Hockey starting with them. And um, so, and I think you're 100% right. I think it was closer. I, I do think that you know, I, I'm sure, you know, everybody that remembers that run in 93, you know, we ended up losing, uh, you know, the close ones in overtime over and over and over. And that, that just could have gone anyway. And, and, uh, so I, I'm sure that the, the Stanley Cup win, the first one there, 
really did feel like closure, and it was, uh, you know, I guess at the end of the day, a lot of people could be really satisfied to say, you know what, I'm not, I can imagine people saying, well, I'm not sure, I don't really care what happens from here going forward, we got that closure, we got that, you know, that victory. So, um, and, you know, they've gone on to do great things. Yeah. Um, there are so many sub stories. We could keep you for hours, but we won't. Uh, just talking about that 92 93 season. One of the other sub stories that I think is often lost that I have a, a real interest in was the whole Rick Knickle thing. Because, um, you know, Kelly, yeah. Rudy, Kelly Rudy has always been so uh, complimentary toward you and the relationship that you guys had. And, he, you know, Kelly's been open about his struggles that he experienced that season. I mean, remember, Gretzky was out injured at the beginning of the year, and Luke sort of put the team on his back for the first half of the season. But you get to, I think it was February. Uh, and I'm in Minnesota yep. at a practice and a game, get morning skate, whatever. And all of a sudden out comes this guy wearing San Diego goals gear and he takes the crease and it's like, what's going on is Rick Knickle is brought in. Nobody expected Rick Knickle to be part of the Kings. And the next thing you know, he's involved in the goaltending tandem. At that moment in time, Barry obviously felt that he wasn't getting what he needed in goal. And, and um, you know, at least on a consistent basis and, uh, you know, I was disappointed. Uh, Kelly was disappointed, and, and you know we have to take our share of responsibility, which hopefully we did. You know when it, when the when the real rubber met the road of the playoffs, responsibility, and and uh, you know it's just one of those things that very uh, you know we could only get in his head, and uh, you know um, not like I, he came to us and well, was very specific about anything in detail, <laughs> but we we knew where he was coming from, you know. And, and you know what? I gotta, I gotta say too. I mean, I got to me. Um, I know when uh, Kelly started, uh, you know, I started the first game in Vancouver, and we lost. I think it was four two. And Barry pulled me in. He said, uh, "He said, Robert, we're going with Kelly tomorrow night." Uh, and I understood. You know, we need, uh, we need the next win, and, and Barry thought that, that you know this was going to be a good time to get Kelly back into it. And I think anybody that it's Kelly Rudy's career, uh, and Kelly might be the first to say this. It's not like we've ever specifically talked about this uh, exact, you know, uh, point I'm about to make. Is that I don't think Kelly ever played better in his life. He was phenomenal from from that second game mm-hmm. uh, in Vancouver. He was phenomenal. I'm not sure anybody could say Kelly Rudy ever put together a better stretch. Uh, ever in his career, and he had good stretches. There's no question. That was um, the best I ever saw. I'm not of him. sure. Oh no, no question. And, and, and you know what? Here you are. You know, in my case, I'm, I'm now I'm you know now I've become the backup for this for this time, and, and ultimately it's going to be you know if Kelly stumbled a little bit or, or Barry thinks that he's got to do something to tweak our energy. Kelly never relinquished. He he, you know, you you're sitting there watching and. and Trust me, you, you, you've got your fingers crossed at that moment in time saying, this guy's got it. Let's get this win. Let's get this cup. You know, and, and no matter what part you play, um, I, I never saw him play better. And I watched him. I watched him in the early 80s when he was with the Islanders just mm-hmm. as, a, as a, you know, a, a young student of the game, you know, just watching goalies. And I think we all remember what he did there with the Islanders. But, but across the board, the stretch that he went to Vancouver and Toronto, and he played, you know, he played great against Montreal. And, and, um, 
Well, like you said, in the Montreal series, you had the overtimes and the double overtimes. And I mean, yeah, it, it, yeah. That, that that series could have gone either way. It's, it'll be debated until the end of either time, way. I think. Unless you live in Montreal, yeah. then there's nothing to debate. Yeah. <laughs> well, the best masks in LA Kings history. And uh, it's been a pleasure having you on the program today. We'll have to get you back on and talk more about 92, 93. We could talk about uh, Tomas Sandstrom and so many other things. But uh, thank you so much for joining us today on Kings of the Podcast. We really appreciate your time. Thank you. Welcome back to the third period of Kings of the Podcast with DB and the mayor. Back for the third period, coming off that uh, conversation there, Rob Stauber. You got to talk to one of your legends, John. Hey, the guy... He should have a Legends Night. He should have a Legends Night. They should and bring a bobblehead. Out, they should bring out all of his great masks, and they should just you know <laughs> well, line them all up and let people come and take a look at them. He had so many wonderful masks, uh, and you know we have more material to get to with Stauber. His his son is playing. We didn't even get to talk about oh, that. Really? Okay. Um, he was part of Team USA with the women's team that won uh, gold medal. Oh really? He's been a coach before. Uh, he's done a lot of coaching. Does a lot of clinics. Mm-hmm. Um, so just so we'll much. Get him on a landline next. So time. much to talk uh, with Rob Stauber about. We we'll probably will have to do that. Yes. Uh, sorry about the audio there, folks. Um, let's, uh, let's, let's deal with it. Shut up. I let's don't hear about any more complaints about audio on reviews, on Twitter. Just listen. Okay. So listen don't hard. turn it up. Don't, don't tweet at Dennis TFP. No, I don't hear about audio issues. No? Okay. We fixed everything. Everything is fixed. Perfect. <laughs> uh, Pola Palooza was, yes. was running wild over the weekend. And we polled the listeners, the LA Kings fans, to find out what they thought on a number of different questions. Let's dive into it here, DB. One of the questions was, which LA Kings prospect will you be most excited to see in LA this season? Now, it was a little bit unfair because Kale Clegg was called up right, right. about the time this was happening. Um, but still, I mean, maybe you're not excited about Kale Clegg. Who knows? So I gave you four uh, possible answers. It was Kale Clegg, Mikey Anderson, Jarrett Anderson Dolan, and Rasmus Kapari. And DB, this is fascinating to me. It was a dead even split, basically 25% for each of them. Really? Yeah, That's I mean, fantastic. 27% for Kale Clegg. Uh, and 26 for Jod and 24 and 23. I mean, it's almost 25%. Uh, just I'm surprised Jod wouldn't get a bigger lift from being on Kings of the Podcast. I, I thought that more popular people, demand. That and everybody, <laughs> they love the guy. So yeah, right. I thought that, that he would be the one. Um, but no, it was an even kill. That augurs well for the organization, right? That you have all four people. That is not a clear cut guy that you have one here and then there's levels below. Everybody's at the same level. I think that's fantastic. And also, there were two forwards and two defensemen. And that's so I true, was wondering right? if there was going to be a, a greater skew towards the forwards, right. given that they wanted to see more goal scoring. But uh, people seem to understand it. Now, Rasmus Kapari will not be up anytime soon, DB. He's off at the World Junior Championships, right. and it was announced over the weekend as well that he is going to wear a letter. He's going to wear an A for Team Finland. Yeah, well, look, it goes along with what you've been saying all along. Not only skill, but ca- character. Yeah. Quality people they, they've been drafting. So, yeah, it's going to be in, you know... I'm, I'm sure you can't wait. You know that that 
the World Juniors under the Christmas tree. That's the next day. Boxing Day is going to be your day, John. So, yeah, it's going to be a great, great team. But, yeah, no surprise that Kapara got a load over there uh, with respect to the Finland team. And you know I love the plug, so here's a quick plug. Uh, all of those players basically will be featured in the LA Kings prospect rankings, Correct. which will be debuting on Mayor's Manor here in the next couple of weeks. Just let us get past the World Juniors, and then we'll, we'll get the prospect rankings going. Yeah. Nobody talks to more coaches, GMs, players, no, nobody does scouts than, no. uh, than Mayor's Manor in our and team. And I've said before, John, I go back after the draft mm-hmm. and look at what you said about these players as well. Mm-hmm. So not only is it great to read now, but like, it'll be a great reference guide for people that once um, the draft rolls around in, in June in Montreal, then you can go back and see what you've your take on that because you get up to speed. Plus, you know, the day of, you're, you know, they're going to be focusing as the draft goes. You're going to be looking at like, who's left on the board. So I, I urge fans to go back and make sure that's handy once uh, we roll around in June for the draft in Montreal. So thank you there uh, yeah. for that, for that uh, acknowledgement, DB. Yeah. Question seven, this was a barn burn. I mean, the fans didn't know what to do. It was, uh, <laughs> what's your favorite hockey podcast? There were three choices, DB. There was Kings of the Podcast yeah. uh, came in first with 53%. Then you okay. had Kings of the Podcast. That was yeah, 27%. That's close. And, then, and then the third place was Kings of the Podcast. It came in at 20%. Well, so. It, that third one has to raise its level. It does. Like I mean, Kings of the Podcast at 20. It, it has the to, best question you've ever, poll question you've ever put on Twitter. Well, it, Kings of the Podcast with 20% needs to close the gap on they Kings do. of the Podcast at 27. Yeah. But clearly the winner was Kings of the yeah. Podcast with 53%. As it should be. Okay. So it was no a, surprise, but a great question. Best poll question you've ever had. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> Um, and, and for <laughs> the people that question. don't understand it and still felt the need to try to tweet me what their favorite hockey podcast was and it wasn't our We're show. We're not interested. I, I just, I just, yeah. I blocked you on Twitter. So whatever. <laughs> uh, that's the power of Twitter. I love it. Exactly. Block. Block. I don't, I don't know. I just block them. I just block them. So it's better because they keep talking and think that you're, you're actually reading and listening. You to keep them. telling me that, but man, it's so fun to block people sometimes. <laughs> it really is. It's, it's the little joys in life. Uh, the next question was, which I wish there was a way. I wonder how many people have blocked me. There, I'm sure there's. It's Many, dozens, yeah, dozens, hundreds. Because yeah. <laughs> um, they know more than you, John. <laughs> well, I'll tell you one person that blocked me, Patrick O'Sullivan, but I won't get into oh, that right now. Okay. That's a true story. A Question time. number eight. Which Kings prospect are you most excited to see play in the World Junior Championships? And the answers were Alex Turcotte, Kaliev, Akil Thomas, and Aiden Dudas. Now, I don't know if this was heavily skewed because our listeners are Americans or what, but Akil Thomas, you only gave 5% of the vote to. Really? Shame on you. And Aiden <laughs> Dudas, 1%, double shame on you. Because I don't think they know Aiden Dudas. And the other names are such, you know, they're in the organization as it goes. Mm-hmm. The, the other names are big-time names. You know how many times I've tweeted about Aiden Dudas in the last 30 it's days? It's not like, about even you, if you this time. Yes, it is. It, okay, it's your question. I guess it is about you. <laughs> what do you mean it's not about me? It's Shame about the players. <laughs> okay, I'm, Aiden. I apologize. <laughs> It Aiden. is always about you, John. Not always, but I mean... No, right now it is. Right now it is. World <laughs> Junior time. Come on. Yeah, no, that's true. It's true. It's okay, fine. It's not about me. Who's the two, player... Uh, two, uh, na- two weeks of national holidays for John Hoven. All right. World Juniors. Aiden Dudas, 1%. I'm yeah. sorry, Aiden. I'm sorry. Kings fans <laughs> are going to love you. I promise you're going to be a breakout star of the World Junior Championships. Akil Thomas received 5%. Maybe it's just Americans, skewed towards Americans, because... Turcotte received 50% and Kaliev received 44%. I will tell you, I was yeah. a little bit surprised by this just mm-hmm. because goals are good. Fans like goals and Arthur Kaliev yeah. scores them in bunches. I was surprised that, that uh, Turcotte came in first. Turcotte's I, the golden boy. Yeah. Okay. And that's, that's the thing. He's the fifth overall pick. So I get it. And Artie's going to be great. And hopefully he finds a way to this league and, and scores a lot of goals because his personality is awesome. But I just think that you, you, you always are more interested in your top five pick. 
Okay. Uh, I will also say, uh, fans, if you have not read it, another plug here. I was uh, lucky enough to talk with Alex Turcotte and yes. Artie Kaliev Great job. Uh, yeah. just before they were boarding the plane to go over to Europe for the World Junior Championships. And their interviews up with both of those players with breaking news, first of all, that Turcotte is out on Chipotle, which is crazy. <laughs> so go read that interview on mayorsmanner.com. And Artie is always a beauty. Uh, he is yes. a... He's a He's going to be a Dodger fan. He's in, he's in the, he's in the conversion you know, John, process. You know, John, you try to be objective and, and not root for players, but that player, I so badly want him to succeed and be in a Kalia? king. Yeah. Of course. Because so, we don't have, even through the championship years, I mean, look, uh, Colin Frazier was a great personality, and it, you know, but Dustin Penner. But we've ha- never had that high-end player with a personality like that on this. In this not as a forward. We've had Drew. Forward. We yeah, have Drew, Drew. That's true. But not as a forward. Not as a forward. So I'm just... I'm really rooting for this kid to, to find a way and be able to transition that skill and, and talent to the NHL, and hopefully he makes it. Yeah, he's a, he's a phenomenal character, really a lot of fun to talk with, and Turcotte is just so polished and so mature for his age. Yep. Um, really encourage you guys to go on mayorsmanner.com and check out those interviews. Moving on. Yep. Next question, DB. Who would you prefer they play? And I, I seem like I've asked this question before, but it's just always fun to keep asking it. Um, who would you prefer that uh, McClellan plays with Kopitar and Brown on the Kings top line uh, for the next 30 days. So I was very specific, like in the month of January. So not what is your end game, but mm-hmm. right now, what mm-hmm. would you like to see? Ayafalo, mm-hmm. Carter, Toffoli, Clifford. 42% said Alex Ayafalo. Really blew me away. 42% <laughs> Alex Ayafalo. 38% said Tyler Toffoli, and 16% said Jeff Carter. 3% said Kyle Clifford. Um, I just put Clifford in there because what are you going to do? You're going to put like yeah, Lazat. Yeah. I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't put Kempe and uh, not going to do it. Uh, uh, he would have received zero votes other than yours. Um, <laughs> but I have follow 42%. I really would have expected that pe- more people would have been clamoring to see Carter or Toffoli yeah. playing up with Kopitar. Well, I think Toffoli from a trade value standpoint, right? If, if you can produce with those two players, but people like the continuity. They, they like the chemistry of those three players. I mean, I mean, Alex on a really good team is probably a third line left. Right? Yes, right. Yes. So, so that that this may be his last season up there mm-hmm. if everything goes according to plan. But uh, they like the continuity. I guess you need one productive, consistent line. So that's why people want Alex up there. And plus, you know, he's got a nice tan. He's from Buffalo. So I guess, all right, you know, that's that's a reason now we're picking based off of who has the better tan. Okay. Well, we it's know a good tan comes well, from we, Buffalo. Though. We know that Toffoli can't tan. He burns. No, so that's a problem. <laughs> but Toffoli received thirty eight percent of the vote there. Uh, question number 10. Nobody tans like Andreoff. Had to work that in. The golden <laughs> Greek. Uh, question number 10. Who do you prefer? <laughs> I'm telling you, DB. What a show. We bring it. We, we bring do. it. What a show. Question. That's why Kings of the Podcast was named the number one hockey podcast according to the Twitter poll. And exactly. two and three. Exactly. <laughs> right. It's a clean sweep. Not a reverse sweep. An actual sweep. Yep. Took, took all three categories. Exactly. Uh, we, we ran the podium. Question number 10. Who do you prefer plays with Drew Doughty on the Kings' top defensive pair? Uh, once again, I had to block some people because they didn't like my four choices. People were tweeting me, Forbert. Well, he's injured people. It's not an option. Right now, the options were Ryan, Martinez, McDermott, and Hutton. Those are the four that we put down there. Uh, you had 37% of the people saying Hutton. So obviously they're not plugged into the analytics community because the analytics community absolutely hates Ben Hutton with yeah, Drew Doughty. Of course they do. The underlying numbers are terrible. Yeah. Um, but that's who they wanted to see play up there as the 37%. Second place was Ryan at 27%. That's who he's been playing with. And after a rocky start, it's, yeah. it's, it's leveled off. It's not scary anymore, but it's, it still isn't great. It's, you know... He's, <laughs> He's struggling he's, for words, yeah, TV. He's, he's an 8D on a good team. Right? Okay. He's Ask Brent Burns about young team, Ryan, playing uh, in San Jose. Okay. <laughs> um, 
Alec Martinez came in third at 23%. So it's good news there that people aren't looking to do that again because I do not like Alec Martinez with Drew Doughty. Yeah, don't, I don't I, like that pair. Alex should be on the right side. And that's what he's been playing for. Yeah, I don't like that pair there. Um, and then uh, Curtis McDermott at 13%. I actually kind of like the idea of McDermott playing up there. I would try it. I would experiment with that player because, as we mentioned before, he's made great strides. He's really he's playing 15 minutes a night on this team. And there are some questions if he's going to be in the roster or exposed to waivers. We talked about that in the preseason. I, I mean, if I'm him and his family, I'm proud of that player. Yes. Right? The, the, the strides he make because he can skate. I get it. I understand that. But he understands the concept of the system and how he can be effective in it. So kudos to him for, for learning the lessons that the coaching staff has told him. And he's made himself into a, you know, a bottom pair, but still a useful. You know, it's not a, like you're not holding your breath anymore when he's on the ice. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I think that's kind of a left-handed compliment, but I am left-handed, so it's kind of a good compliment. But he's molded himself into a, a legitimate NHL defender at this point. Are you left-handed? Yeah, I am. I honestly did not know that. Yeah. I've never paid attention. Yeah. That's why I'm so brilliant. What? Left-handers are really okay. smart. here we go. Really smart. Okay. If I keep saying it to myself, I'll It's not all about you, DB. <laughs> For the last 30 seconds, it was. Okay. I never knew you were left-handed. I yeah, just, I never paid attention. Yep. Okay, well, there you go. You learn something new every day. There you go. Uh, 10 years in, still learning new stuff That's about right, you. That's right, baby. Final question, fans. Final question of Palooza: Which of the LA Kings European prospects are you most excited to see play in the World Junior Championships? And here we had uh, Sammy Fajimo, mm-hmm. Bjornfoot, Kapari, and Kim the Finn. Poor Kim. He only received 2% of the vote. Because people can't pronounce his name. That's why. But all you had to do was click the button. You don't even have to. Pr- it's not like pronounce the name to vote. You just they, click the they, button. They don't know. They, well, they don't have an attachment to him. You're going to get an, an attachment to him because he is playing on the top pair right now for Team Finland That's at the fantastic. World Junior Championship. So if you tune in to see Kapari, you're going to see a lot of Kim. Right. Uh, Kapari actually received 36% of the vote. He tied Tob- Tobias Bjornfoot, Toby Bjornfoot, mm-hmm. um, for number one. So Bjornfoot will be with Team Sweden possibly wearing a letter. Kapari is wearing a letter for Finland. Mm-hmm. So people are tuning in. They want to see Kapari and Bjornfoot, which is great because, hey, if you like what you see uh, during the World Junior yep, Championships, right. you can see those two players in Ontario. Yep. And then... How much did Fajimo get? 26%. Okay. I'm, I'm most excited to see him play. Yeah. Because I know the least about him. Yes. Right? I mean, so... And he's an offensively gifted player. So yes. I'm interested really seeing how he performs in the, in the juniors here. All right. So, folks, that's going to put a wrap and a stamp on episode 16.1. Phenomenal uh, show there, DB. Yep. And guess what? We might even have more. We got more. We have more. We, this is a holiday gift for our fans, right? You thought that just from your family, but we're going to be, we're going to give, we're in a giving mood, John. We we're are. going to be gifting people some more stuff here, but uh, stay tuned and uh, great job getting Starburn. You've done a great job recruiting uh, talent, but uh, we'll be around the next couple of days. Folks. Enjoy this. Fantastic holiday tune on the way out. This week at Macy's, get great deals on fashion and home essentials. Update your wardrobe with 20% off new spring shoes and sneakers. 
and 20 to 50% off fresh looks for him and her. Plus, transform your space with Lux Hotel Collection Bedding, now 40% off. And Macy's Star Rewards members can earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.